Welcome back, guys. In the spirit of Thanksgiving coming up and being grateful for things, I am hoping that today I can make some of you, if not all of you, grateful that we do have books that you know how to read and that we have the opportunity to learn in this country. Um, I did some research and talked to a history, social studies buff, a friend of mine, and it's just really amazing the countries and situations that there are in this world where kids never actually have the opportunity to go to school or learn, you know, how to read and do math and write. And so I hope that you will gain a new perspective on your fortunateness. Is that a word? Probably not. Um, that you live in a country, uh, such a great civilization where we can have that opportunity and we want everyone to learn and succeed and try their best to become everything they want to become. So I hope you will get something out of this and find it interesting and um, I thank you for joining us. Well hello. Hello. Welcome. I have Miss Williams with me today, and she is a history teacher here in Polk County. So she's going to kind of give us the lowdown on situations where people um, couldn't uh, or wouldn't, weren't allowed to read or have books or education. So I'm going to start with my first question, just that. Were there ever times whenever people couldn't read or didn't have access to books? Probably the most famous in our um, history here in America would be uh, the slaves were not allowed to read, and they weren't allowed to learn to read. Um, and then the Jews during the Holocaust were not allowed to read for various reasons. And there's some smaller examples throughout the world, but mostly the most famous is, are definitely the slaves. No slave is ever learned, allowed to learn to read anywhere. And why wouldn't they be allowed to learn to read? Because if you can read, you can organize yourselves into a group and you can overthrow whatever group or person or ideology is uh, trying to overtake you. So if the slaves had learned how to read, they would have been able to maybe become more powerful and get their way out of slavery and overtake exactly. their owners. Exactly. All right, so something we probably would want to do. Exactly. All right. Um, I know back then in the past, oh, I was going to say one other thing, that you said that in the, during the um, Nazi times, the Holocaust and all that, they weren't allowed to read. And I think we talked about before that even the Nazi soldiers had limited reading um, access. They could, what, read their Bible? They could read the newspaper? As long as that newspaper was um, okayed by the Nazi government or the Third Reich. Right. But so, to have, you know, something to come outside from, you know, like America, no. So, but they were considered, you know, on Hitler's side and working for him, so why were they not allowed to read whatever they wanted? The main reason is because, as crazy as this sounds, and most people have a hard time wrapping their head around this, most Nazi soldiers had absolutely no idea the Holocaust was even happening. Um, Jews were being killed behind um, walls, the... the, the um, Concentration camps had walls built around them. Some of those walls could be 20 feet tall. And people from the outside could not see in. And there were gates to keep things closed. So if, and there, were, there was information being leaked out that Jews were being killed. And so Hitler needed to keep a very, very, very tight rein on that. So if you can keep people from reading outside material, you can control them so much better. 
So I like how you said it. Basically, limiting their reading access is a way of controlling them and taking away their choices. Exactly. And their ability to think. Exactly. Hey, what about now? Are there, I mean, any times now where people still aren't allowed to read or don't have the ability to? Outside of the United States, not so much, but in places like um, the Middle East, some parts of Africa, people are not, learned, are not allowed to learn to read, especially if you're a female. Again, because they don't want you to organize and they don't want you to realize that you've got rights. People in China are not allowed to read anything that's not approved by the government. They don't want them to know what's available outside of China. And so. then what about um, like poverty? I know in some of my research there's places where they, you know, they might would be allowed to, but they literally don't have the accessibility. Yeah, they don't have the, they don't have the ability to get books. And, um, you know, a lot of people that live in impoverished nations, if you think about it, uh, why would you learn to read whenever you're, your whole existence is just trying to survive. So right. if, if you are existing, you're not really thinking about, gee, I need to learn how to read. If you are um, living in a country like the United States, Canada, places that it's, you know, you've got so much access to food, opportunities, health care, and a better life, you've got opportunities to read. So, you know, places like parts of Africa, part of the Middle East, um, there's so much poverty, they're just trying to survive. Yeah, it's a matter of priority. Feeding yourself, obviously, is, is more important definitely than more important. reading at that point. I pulled a report that's kind of, and it says it's from June 28th of 21, um, and it's from, I thought I had it down here where it was from, but I'll put it on Instagram to show exactly where I got the source from. But it lists all the different uh, low impoverished companies, like there's the last 12, and a lot of these are like 62% literacy, uh, 61% literacy. The lowest one is um, South Sudan, and it's 35% literacy. And then I just highlighted some of the reasons why there's war. So if there's mm -hmm. war going on, they might have access. Gender, because like you just said, women aren't allowed to uh, learn to read. Uh, lack of facilities, I guess that would go to just be, you know, even when countries themselves are impoverished and can't don't have um, accessibility. Um, distance sometimes. Yeah, I know uh, the one of the books that I'm going to mention, A Long Walk to Water, the whole story is about her having to walk, like spend the whole day walking just to get water for her family. Yeah. So much less be able to go read. Um, I had said one earlier, Afghanistan, and it's 43% literacy, and then you had said that that was going to drop. Yeah, now that the Taliban is taking more control of the country, especially the capital, um, we're going to look for those numbers to literally plummet, especially for females. So them, again, trying to control their mm -hmm. population and limit their access to exactly. education. Okay. Um, so my question then would be, I guess we kind of answered it, What? how does this impact the people in their countries? Well, if you can't read, you can't organize. You don't know how to find out facts. You don't know how to find out information. Um, the economies are going to fail. Because if you have an uneducated society, then you're limited in what you can do. I mean, you're limited in what you can make, produce, create, and therefore trade outside of your country. Um, you don't have rights. I mean, you, you won't know what your rights are. Um, you know, a really great example is um, after um, Tiananmen Square happened, uh, many, many, many decades ago. Yeah, you might have to let us know what that is for us unhistory buffs. <laughs> it, it, in, in Beijing, China, the, the, the college students had an uprising. 
in the late 80s, and they were literally just fed up with the government. They were fed up with being told what they could read, what they couldn't read. These were college-age students. These were young 20-something-year-olds, and they, uh, they rose up against the government. You're talking about millions of people. Tiananmen Square is the largest open space in the world. It is many miles wide by many miles wide, and it is under constant video surveillance. You can't do anything without them knowing what you're doing. So the students uprose. They just said, we've had enough. The government came down on them, and it got very bloody very quickly. There were a lot of innocent people killed. Um, the most famous image, one of the most famous images of my generation, well, of our generation, <laughs> is, is, the, is Tank Man. The, the, the man who stood in front of a group of Chinese tanks and said, you, you're not moving, and they actually stopped. Um, and all of that was around the fact that they were being controlled, even through what they could read. And if you talk to people who were there, they will tell you Tiananmen Square never happened. So they deny it completely. They deny it completely. And even people that are there, they're told what to say, they're told what to think, and... Um, you know, the, the press is controlled, so anything that has to do with that event um, is not written about, and the people are told what they can, what they're allowed to read about it. So it was like a big cover-up. Oh, it was the biggest, co biggest cover-up in history. So I was going to ask, and I'm glad you said that, that's one thing, what things people have done to try to overcome the fact that they haven't been allowed to read. So obviously there, they, you know, had a protest and, like, tried to fight against the government. What about other situations well one of the one of the it's not necessarily funny but it's um, clever ways that um, people have learned to read for example Frederick Douglass and I always teach this to my students is that um, Frederick Douglass was very fortunate in that he had um, his master's wife taught him to read some behind her husband's back and he learned to read even more by challenging the white boys that were a little bit older than him to spelling contests. <laughs> he didn't know how to spell. Right. But he would challenge them knowing that they were going to beat him. That wasn't the point. The point was he saw how they spelled the word right. and therefore he learned how to do it. Smart. He would take bread and different things that he knew that they would want and he would trade them a piece of something like bread for how, how, do I, how do I say this word, and what is this word? Yeah. What does it mean? So he literally taught himself how to read one word at a time. He learned to spell one word at a time. So just being creative to find other ways. Just being Even creative. though you could get punished for doing so. Yeah, and, and he could have been punished. But he's actually, you know, one of the, not just clever, but one of the more intelligent people because of how he learned how to read. Uh, because when you have to use that, that kind of ingenuity, you learn to read better. Right. You know, another example, um, people pronounce his name Carnegie, but Andrew Carnegie is how his name is actually pronounced. I've always pronounced. heard it Carnegie. Like Carnegie Hall in yep. New York. <laughs> um, when he came to America, he was, um, he came from Scotland. He was born and raised in Scotland. Came here as a, as a boy. But when he was in Scotland, he was not allowed to attend a library because you had to pay to go to the library. And he was poor, I guess. And he was poor, and he was also the member of a family that wasn't allowed to attend the library because they said something to make somebody mad, and that kind of stupidity gotcha. was going on. <laughs> so when he came to America, libraries were still, you had to pay to use them. And so one of the things that he did with his millions of dollars was start free libraries. 
where you could go in and check out a book, and then you return that book and check out another book. Right. So the free library system is really a gift from, from him and his family, and that was one way that he overcame that. He, he did that for future generations because right. it infuriated him that he wasn't allowed to read a book. So he fought for us to be able to have the right to read books. Yeah, because he had he to didn't learn on his privilege. own, but he fought for our future by opening up free libraries. And that, that not only happened, it, it embarrassed the Scottish people to do the same thing there. Oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> traveled over the waters. It traveled over the waters. Very good. I know, um, I know, I think Night John was a story by Gary Paulson that uh, I guess they, you know, taught escaped slaves how to read. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Malala would have, she's, you know, in uh, Middle Eastern and was a female and couldn't learn to read. So I don't really know her exact story, but I know there's the book, I Am Malala. And then she ended up getting shot by the Pakistanis, right? By the, ta by the Taliban. The Taliban. Yeah. And then the book thief is where they would sneak books into the Holocaust, the concentration mm -hmm. camps and, you know, hide them and, you know, possibly be, you know, punished for that. And then the book I found, I haven't read it, but it's another young girl who stole books during the uh, Nazi Germany time. And then A Long Walk to Water, like I said, was... Um, I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's two different stories where the one girl has to walk to get water every day, and then there's a story that's later on where he's actually fleeing from some sort of military-type situation in his country, and then he comes back at the end, and they kind of intersect. Um, but again, he was running for his life, so he couldn't go to school. So. Yeah. Um, so my last question would be this. Well, not my last question, but my last point is, so why do we today take for granted that we have books and so many kids especially, well, and adults, don't want to read. They don't want to take the time. They don't want to do it. It's just easily accessible. They've not had to work for it. When you have to work for something, you appreciate it. When it's handed to you as far as picking up your phone and looking on social media, nobody appreciates it. And social media is literally the worst source on the planet for getting information. <laughs> I, would, I would trust the Chinese government to give me better information than social media. Because? Because anybody can put anything out there. Um, you know, the Internet is, has become really um, readings, one, one of readings' worst enemies. You know, for example, for kids, that's the reason us teachers don't like you kids using um, uh, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> because you can go in and change the information on Wikipedia, and sometimes it's kind of funny, but it, oftentimes it's like you aren't getting the right information. Right. So it can be altered. A book that's in print has to be... Um, reviewed. You're supposed to show your resources to your publisher um, before you, you know, they'll publish it because they're putting a lot of money in their, their reputation and if they publish a book that's been proven false, their reputation tanks real, real quick. Right. So a book that's in print is more likely to be accurate than something you're going to find on the internet. So which brings us back to the point of people who wanted to control other people would keep them from being able to read because that way they could brainwash them and convince them of whatever they wanted, which is kind of what social media That's, yeah. does. That's exactly what social media does because they can just, I can, I, can put, I can post something on social media and chances are people will believe it. Yeah, I actually was just pulling some work for my class for a few weeks from now and I have this article that's all about conspiracy theories mm -hmm. and the same kind of thing about, you know, mm -hmm. it's a scientific method as well, but proving your information and finding, you know, resources and backing it up and mm -hmm. all that yeah. stuff. So I did like you had that other point about the difference between being illiterate and being ignorant. Yeah. Illiterate means you just, you, you can't read the words on the page. Ignorant is that you can read the words on the page, but you're either unaware of what they mean or you're just 
blatantly refusing to accept what they mean. So to me, I kind of take it, illiteracy is, might not be your fault, but yeah. ignorance kind ignorance of is, is your a, fault. Ignorance is your fault. Because you can choose to find the information and educate yourself Exactly. Better, and slaves, not believe everything that's fed to you. Yeah, slaves were illiterate. Right. People today tend to be ignorant. I agree, unfortunately. Unfortunately. All right, so mm, big point takeaway today is to pick up a book <laughs> and read it because you have the privilege to do it. I don't know if I told you, but the title of this is Grateful That We Have Books. Yes, we should <laughs> be. We should be very grateful. So, well, thank you for taking the time and talking with us, and I hope some more people pick up some books because of it. Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed that, and I want to thank Miss Williams for sharing all of her many wisdoms with us. And I hope that as we come upon Thanksgiving that you will remember all the things that you're grateful for, including um, the privilege to be able to read books and to learn and to be educated and find a book that you're really interested in and pick it up and read it and say how grateful you are that you can do so. I know that I am grateful for you guys listening, and I am grateful that you are sharing with friends and just spreading the word and helping us get this podcast out there more. And I um, look forward to our next episode. So thanks for turning the page with us, guys, and we will be back in a couple weeks. Hey, if you like what you hear, make sure you follow us and share with a friend. And you can find us on social media at Instagram and Twitter at BookLife32776.